Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining me on the Freedom Warrior podcast today. Ahead on the program, what is going on with the media? And then Kamala Harris calls for elimination of the free market in healthcare and then backtracks. Uh, more abortion insanity, which is reaching a point of. I don't even know what word to use now. I, I was always using disgusting, insane. Uh, egregious there's a lot you could add to that and I will later uh, and then ahead uh, what good is social media like what what really is it accomplishing for society and if I have time I have a few more stories one on Howard Schultz the former Starbucks uh, CEO who is uh, running for president and then also an update on fusion GPS the whole Russia uh, controversy, uh, hoax, fairy tale, and then more economy, uh, good news uh, stories coming out uh, today uh, in favor of small businesses and job creation and uh, wage hikes as well. And the California housing crisis gets worse. And then I'll, uh, I'll try and find some time for a stupid headline of the day and a quote of the day. Or another, maybe I'll just do a stupid headline of the day and a headline of the day. A good headline of the day. Uh, so with that said, let's dive right on in here. Uh, what is going on with the media? So, you know, this past week we had the Covington incident, which was, I believe, the culmination of many factors all coming to an intersection uh, you had technology uh, partisanship social media viral videos 24/7 uh, narrative driven news media uh, polarizing president uh, polarizing president um, predecessor and then a you know the list could go on um, but however without technology and social media none of this outrage would have been possible even 15 years ago the Covington story is very unlikely to have grown wings. Incendiary social media outrage wouldn't have erupted uh, because people didn't have a phone to look down at, at least not one connected to any social media apps or any news apps at all, for that matter. The apps didn't even exist. Uh, not, not enough people watched the news to care, so the story would have died a quick death. And in a way, this story, this Covington story, is a, a great case to study uh, the state we find our media in, and more broadly, our society's relationship with technology and outrage. Although, you could probably pick another story any day of the week, because there's always outrage, and there's always um, outrage involving technology and media. But um, for the sake of conversation here, the media has been biased for a long time, although... Um, you know, half the country may still refuse to see it, but that's okay. It still exists whether they see it or not. Uh, but what changed in the past couple of years? Well, the first Republican president took office in the era of social media is what happened. Uh, had McCain won in 2008, he would have been the one taking on, uh, you know, the beating. I mean, hell, Bush took a, a brutal beating from 2000 to 2008, and that was before social media. So I guarantee you McCain would have would have felt it. Um, but for eight years, <laughs> the president got a pass because the president was Barack Obama. Uh, so, it, you know, this reminds me, 
of a uh, old South Park episode I saw a couple nights ago. The subject of the episode was the Iraq War, and it was featuring both sides of the pro-war and anti-war debate. And one of the protesters signed read, uh, Bush is a Nazi. This episode came out in season eight. This is 15 years ago. So 2004. It, it, does this sound familiar? I mean, there were there were millennials. There were people that are calling the president, our current president, uh, a Nazi or Hitler or something, uh, who were probably four or five when that episode aired. So there's nothing new under the sun. Um, certainly not when it comes to smearing the president and Hitler. Uh, Republicans are Hitler and Nazis and all that stuff. The rhetoric, the rhetoric was just as strong back then as it is now, except it didn't carry the same weight. The, the paper airplane, if you will, only flew 10 feet. Today, the paper airplane is, has been upgraded to a drone, and it maneuvers to any space it damn well pleases. Um, so the information stream is simply more rich and fast-moving today. Before the smartphone, information did not move fast enough to have such an immediate Im impact. Uh, in other words, media companies did not have the power to use information operations so effectively as they do today. Uh, and just on a personal note, I prefer to read my news anyway rather than watch it. I, you know, I'm able to skip over the storytelling and the biased narratives that can be discerned in you know the first couple of paragraphs, if not the headline or photo by itself. Um, you know, reading it is simply more efficient and it prevents nonsense from entering the brain in many cases. Moving on, speaking of nonsense, Kamala, good old Kamala Harris, she has called for the elimination of free market in healthcare. Trump should call for the elimination of free markets in the press just to see how they react in return. But uh, anyways, I'm kidding. I'm just saying what where do you where do you draw the line what other markets would you like to eliminate ma'am um you know she calls what what she's calling for is obviously a radical idea uh she's calling to eliminate the free exchange of goods and services for about one-sixth of the entire economy to realize how crazy this is just substitute in healthcare for any other industry you'll see how about the auto industry the government telling you which cars you can or cannot buy well, they're already kind of doing that under uh, Obama, they were. But um, but still, think of, you know, 100% takeover. What would that look like? How about the video game industry? Uncle Sam telling you who gets to play Madden or Fortnite and who gets to play Candy Crush on your phone or, um, you know, just a complete takeover of the industry. You pay Uncle Sam. They, they give you the game. It's free, but, you know, your taxes are paying for whatever other industry they want to take over. How about... Um, the housing industry that's what you know you hear ocasio cortez over there talking about the universal housing housing as a right how how about politicians and bureaucrats determining what kind of house you can have have or if you can have it um that's what a complete takeover would do uh so you know i'm not done how about uh you know universal um substance you know for for your food your right to eat uh I'm sure they would call it something similar. So what, what about eliminating all restaurants, grocery stores, bakeries, coffee shops, food stands, you know, any other business in favor, um, you know, of an entirely government run food care system? 
Sure, restaurants may still exist, but they'll be running at the behest of the federal government and in compliance with them. And all of your favorite restaurants um, and favorite item, I'm sorry, all, all of your favorite items will fall off the menu or be made like crap because there's no incentive or resource to deliver the experience you would expect at a nice restaurant. So, you know, think of, think of how that would apply there, the same logic. Uh, healthcare is not a right. A right cannot infringe on somebody else. A right is something innate to you alone. The healthcare, um, you know, and in healthcare, that requires labor of nurses, doctors, administrators, you know, pharmacists, x-ray techs, etc. Their labor is not yours. And if it was, we have a name for that. It's called slavery. You don't own the time and labor of others, and they are not obligated to serve you for free. I just want to know why the same people whining about the cost of a $5.7 billion wall, border wall, are completely fine with socialized medicine that will cost roughly 5614 times more money. <laughs> it's just the logic is uh, pretty astounding. Uh, but it's, it's just a dangerous lack of basic logic, and it's what we've all come to expect from these fascist morons. Uh, but Kamala was not done. Uh, she went on to support the Green New Deal, and if you haven't heard about this one, it's a doozy. The Green New Deal requires cutting U.S. military in half, so as a former military and active DOD contractor, I have to say the idea of cutting our military in half is asinine. It's insane. With the, with the threat of, you know, near-peer uh, adversaries and enemies in our country, you know, outside of our country. I'm talking about China. I'm talking about Russia. Um, you know, places like that. You cut our military in half and see what happens in the world. Just watch. But back to the new Green Deal. What, what else will it require besides half of the military being cut? Not just people, I mean equipment, everything, organizations. By the way, a cut that the U.S. government would never find a way to make happen outside of the context of military. Like, when would the Department of Energy or Agriculture or any of those downs or, or the uh, IRS? That's a great one. How about the IRS? When is the next time the IRS is going to downsize, you know, to 50% of their workforce and, you know, uh, infrastructure and everything? They won't. They would never do that. But that's what this new Green Deal would require for the military. Uh, and then it would also require cutting 80% of all U.S. energy. So, um, you know, that would be pretty interesting about this time of uh, the year right now. It's, I think my parents said back in Michigan it was negative 50. So uh, good luck cutting 80% of energy and trying to stay alive when it's negative 50 out. Uh, and then, of course, on top of that, the big whammy on top uh, – banning 99% of cars, you know, that are using fossil fuels all within. Oh, by the way, did I mention you would need to do it in 10 years time? Because that's what the new Green Deal is looking to do. 10 years, all cars are gone. There are people who are buying a car today who are getting a six-year loan, and they're thinking, okay, you know, six years from now, they finally pay off their, uh, their you know, their Kia and, uh, you know, they're, they're finally like, hey, this is great. I'm uh, just finally getting by. I'm, I'm done with this car payment. And, oh, I have to basically eliminate my car and throw it in the, uh, you know, ash heap 
in four years because uh, it's banned under the new Green Deal. Um, so this is the Democrat Party in 2019. And this is only one of their insane policies. Or Well, I guess there's two. I said the Green Deal and the, uh, the universal health care. Um, but they have more. Trust me. Don't, don't test them. They will find more for you. Um, and I will be t- uh, touching on more of them actually later in the episode. Um, but, you know, by the way, to all the leftist or the left-leaning military officers, and I know there are many, I speak to many of them frequently, are you going to vote for Kamala Harris if she's uh, the Democrat uh, nominee or the, the the nominee for 2020? Are you going to are you going to vote for her when she votes to cut the military at 50 percent and you lose your job? I hope that happens. If that's what you vote for, I hope you get cut because that is you, you should know better than to just be voting um, for for stupidity, um, which is frankly all this is. So, you know, in the 2020 um, you know, election. We have the Democrats that want to take over healthcare. They want to take over the energy industry, and essentially, they want to take over the auto industry. Is there anything else, WTF? Like anything else in the world you'd like to take over, you tyrants? Um, it, it should be noted, though, by the way, that within 24 hours, I think maybe yesterday or or earlier today, uh, Kamala had to walk back her comments. But that you know. <laughs> She's not being honest about it. She's not being genuine. Even though, you know, we all know damn well what her plans, you know, are. They're not changed. She just simply saw the overwhelming pushback on such uh, asinine policies. And let me segue in with that asinine policies into what, what can only be described as society falling off the edges of the earth, basically. Um <laughs> Uh, the abortion issue, abortion insanity. So it's been picking up some steam uh, lately, in part due to the conservative takeover of the courts and also due to overreactions uh, in response, maybe. I don't know. Uh, that's speculation. But um, by, by the lefties who are implementing just some unbelievable uh, laws. Last week I talked about the New York uh, law that passed uh, regarding abortion, uh, legalizing it up till, uh, you know, the basically delivery of the baby. Um, well, following in the footsteps of New York's governor, uh, Virginia official um, uh, introduced a bill to legalize abortion up until the point of birth. And the governor, uh, Northrum, had a, something to say about this on a WTOP radio show yesterday when he was asked about uh, the abortion topic. So here's his, I'll just leave it to you to hear the exact quote and I will touch on it a little more. But he said, when we talk about third trimester abortions, they are done with the consent, obviously, of the mother and the consent of the physician, more than one physician, by the way, and it's done in cases where there may be severe deformities there may be a fetus that is non-viable okay so let me break quote there for a minute and have a little comment so really he's just talking about okay as long as the the mother and the doctor consents third trimester whatevs man that's fine uh abort that thing and then you know i mean there's deformities and stuff like you know a pinky's missing or something you know kill it 
Um, and then also there's the non, he brings up the non-viable as an effort to show that really it's just, you know, these rare extreme cases. But, you know, that's not what the law permits. The law permits any reason, basically. It's just like wishy-washy dialogue or um, wishy-washy wording at the end of this that just says, you know, if it if it affects the women's health, including mental health. What your mental health? You're you're gonna have a, a mental breakdown because you're having a kid, so we need to kill it. That's that's ludicrous. Um, but back to his quote, he says, "If a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly what would happen. The infant would be delivered. The infant would be kept comfortable. The inf- the infant would be resuscitated if that's what the mother and the family desired. And then a discussion." would ensue between the physician and the mother. So, you know, if if they want to resuscitate it, um, that that's dependent on the mother and the physician and, you know, this kind of dialogue they'll have. Um, mind you, we're talking about a baby who's been birthed, like is already out of the womb and alive and breathing and viable. And they're talking about, well, should we still keep it alive? Uh, newsflash to you, any baby that is already birthed has already exited the womb, entered, you know, the world. It's living. All of them are non-viable if you just let it sit there and die. You know, what are you, what are you talking about if there's a discussion? What discussion is there to have after the, the baby's already out? The baby is alive. It's already past the magical barrier of the you know the mother's vagina and so, and now it's now you're talking about killing it even after it's left the womb what on earth is happening here this is just sickness this is pure infanticide at this point and you know i didn't believe that the new york law could actually be made worse how much more radical can you get than abortion up until the second before you're born well the Virginia governor has an answer for you. Full-term infanticide. Northrum is a pediatrician, by the way. So, very odd. It's something really odd about a pediatrician who's in favor of, of late-term abortion. Like, you know, just what's best for you as a fully born new kid, uh, baby who, who looks like, uh, you know, your little on your birth certificate there where you got your little, uh, your little footprint on it. Yeah, I mean, you... I just, the way your foot's shaped, it's a little deformed. I think we need to put you down like a dog, you know? We wouldn't, honestly, we wouldn't even do this to a dog because PETA, PETA people would be after us. Um, you know, I remember a few years ago, there's a bioethics uh, professor named Peter Singer at Princeton who got in hot water for supporting abortion of children as old as two years old, especially in cases of disabled kids. And... You know, he also supported euthanasia, and that's not a surprise. Um, but, you know, we're seeing a, the logical progression of this radicalization. And there's really the only place to progress at this point is going to post-birth murder. Although there are some other um, things that could happen before we even get there, such as uh, like with Obamacare mandates on the Little Sisters of the Poor, I think they were mandated to um, supply contraceptives or morning-after pills. I think it was morning-after pills um, that 
they took the little sisters of the poor by they i mean the, the obama administration took little sisters of the poor to the supreme court to f- try and force them to uh supply these morning after pills if i'm not mistaken i think it was morning after um but either way what's gonna happen as i see it is that going forward you know wait till you get another um power exchange you know between republicans and democrats and going forward you're going to have what is now infanticide it's going to be implemented in law and it's going to be forced down the throats of uh, all doctors. So if you're a, a doctor who a, who would do abortion, but you weren't really comfortable with, um, you know, doing an abortion at that stage, you're going to be bound by law to do it, or you'll be put out of practice, and um, you know you'll have your license removed. And that's the that's the direction we're going, and that's why it's really scary. Um, you know, well, that's one of the reasons. There's many. Um, so. Um, let me get back to my uh, my talk here on the on the Virginia uh, governor. Uh, so he he got a lot of backlash, and for good reason. Um, he's again kind of like Kamala had to start backtracking it. Um, not much you can do. The the damage is done. You already basically endorsed um, killing babies after they're born, even. Um, you know, th- this is uh, this is what people refer to when they say the slippery slope effect, and it's real. We're seeing it play out every day. So um, let's be clear what we're talking about. The the current law in New York and the one proposed in Virginia allow doctors to drive a knife into the back of the head of a fully formed, viable, ready to deliver baby on the grounds of mental health of the mother, like. Uh, no kidding like you've got think of a family member of yours who has had a kid uh, or uh, is, was about to give birth or you were about to be an uncle or or an aunt or a, you know a mom or a dad um, you know but just think about that person you know in your life and the moments before that um, delivery you know that you were really excited for having that new family member introduced to the to your loved ones and just imagine, you know, one day before that, uh, you know, the, the mother talked to a doctor or maybe she was even talked into it by a doctor. Um, but one day before birth, you found out that um, that that little family member is not not going to be here because they decided to kill it a day before it was supposed to be she was or he was supposed to be born i mean it it could it it damn near brings me to tears to even think about it i mean we are dealing with something that is borderline you know i i don't know um it's just disgusting i mean the act of delivering i mean the act of aborting a ready to deliver baby as late as one day from birth or even during Delivery, if the mother so chooses. I mean, we're talking about acts of satanic proportions. Um, something, like I said, you wouldn't even do to a cat or a dog. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about newborns who, who would, you know, have a birth certificate this time tomorrow. 
They're, they were a, a day from having their birthday, and you uh, you spoiled the birthday. <laughs> Let's say that. Um, uh, it, it's hard to even go go on in this. It's just depressing to think about. But there's more. I mean, you need to hear this. Um, so the person who introduced this um, or drafted this bill is a woman in Virginia. Uh, her name is Kathy Tran or Tron. Uh, she's a Democrat delegate very close uh, district to where I'm uh, living right now. Um, when she was asked about the implications of this law, she was, uh, she was pressed on it. And, and she said that, uh, or I guess the question was, you know, what about when a woman is dilated? Would this law permit her on mental health reasons to abort the baby? Uh, and she, here's her direct quote. She said, quote, my bill would allow that. Yes, end quote. So it should be noted that that uh, delegate uh, Tron or Tran has four kids, according to her wiki page. How blinded by the misguided winds of time must one be to have four kids and be in favor of allowing abortion for people who are dilating? It it would be it would require a high level of disconnect from emotion, compassion, sanctity. Uh, and life itself. I mean, we you're, we have lost something as a society where we, we actually have large swaths of people who are, you know, advocating for this. Um, certainly a lack of faith in any higher power or mental or, or higher moral order is, is a root cause of some of this. Um, and it, it should be worth noting that on the same day that Kathy Tran uh, introduced this radical, wicked, disgusting, evil abortion uh, until birth bill, she also introduced a bill protecting bugs. Bugs, yeah, like, you know, like uh, the insects. I mean, we have... So the bill would... Well, let me just say this. So the bill would uh, would ban communities from spraying to eliminate canker worms in effect, in, in an effort to help save our birds and butterflies. That's, that, that just sounds like a liberal cause. We're trying to save birds and butterflies, but screw nine-month-old... Uh, you know, fully formed fe uh, fetuses who are ready to pop right out and be your a part of your family. But you know, those birds and and butterflies, sure, damn it, we need to save them. Um, you know, we we have lost God in this country, and and this is what you get when you leave things to the pagans. They care more about for a freaking bug than they do the the babies. Um, so upon reading articles that I've seen on the, the internet, you know, uh, on this subject, I saw internet comment sections, which, you know, the monsters uh, that have come out to defend this bill. I mean, the internet comment sections are always a, a dumpster fire, but um, one crazed ghoul questioned whether the uh, other user had a uterus. The obvious point being that the man should just shut up if, uh, you know, well, he should just shut up. Well, here's my response on behalf of that user uh, to the do you have a uterus crowd. Well, how about this? Are you suggesting that you have to be black to oppose slavery? Or you need to be a World War II veteran to oppose Nazis? I mean, what an asinine argument that you don't have a uterus, so you should be on board with allowing me to murder 
babies as I'm dilated, as I'm crowning. After my water broke, I'm killing the baby still. Unreal. You're going to have to find a debate tactic that overcomes uh, advocating for murdering kids in the 40th week of gestation. If you're that person, Google debate tactics or techniques all day. You'll never find a technique to mask such barbarism. I've been to war and I can't say I've seen barbarism on par with ending the life of a perfectly healthy and viable 40-week-old baby merely for mental health reasons, which this law allows. Virginia should be ashamed. On that note, changing subjects, social media, what good is it? Well, uh, aside from social media execs, is anyone better off for uh, for having yelled back and forth at each other on social media over the next partisan controversy controversy is it you know it's not just the media who benefit from division uh, these social media companies benefit big time um, they get to absorb the data and further understand the audiences making them that much more powerful in the future they get to maximize user engagement minutes, increasing their profits, which I'm not opposed to the profits part, but I'm just saying they do get more powerful. And, uh, you know, what social media companies fail to understand is that speed isn't everything. Sometimes speed gets you into trouble, such as in the Covington case where people rush to judgment. Maybe it's not such a good idea to, you know, jump to conclusions immediately maybe it's not a bad idea to take a few hours just to let the chips fall before you you know form an opinion and broadcast it to the whole world or even just to the people you know you know does society truly benefit from the instantaneous you know ear always to the ground approach to communication you know kind of like with a beautiful woman subtlety beats a revealing outfit in my humble opinion does instant communication sentiment and attitudes increase or decrease efficiency of communication according to a wall street journal article by kate back uh let's see we'll just call her kate back odell hope i'm pronouncing that right but uh, she said in hindsight mr newport who's a georgetown university computer scientist interviewed for the article he uh he said we should have been more wary about this idea of taking human sociality incredibly powerful and shaped by millions of years of evolution and allowing a 20 some 22 year olds from california to reinvent it uh, pretty interesting comment there uh, but one comment on the article caught my eye uh, and by i mean i'm talking in the comment section and by the way, Wall Street Journal comment sections are actually well thought out and lack the typical, you know, mudslinging stuff. Um, but anyways, so the comment. Communication is what binds us together as a society. The printing press to make the books and pamphlets, a reliable mail system to deliver a letter, a free press, the telegraph, the telephone, radio, TV, etc. Communication enabled movement from kingdoms to democracies. 
the internet enabled instant communication and social media enabling anyone to communicate with everyone instantly and without forethought. But with communication comes responsibility, being truthful, separating fact from opinion, avoiding gossip and slander, choosing one's words carefully. It's unreasonable to expect everyone to do this to a high standard. It's a constant struggle because we humans are pretty bad at holding back, keeping our emotions at bay, refraining from skewering uh, an idea or a person we don't like. Uh, so, by the way, on the subject of Facebook, I read another egregious case of censorship uh, just recently. At, at this point, I don't even know why anybody would respect Facebook uh, or give them the benefit of the doubt. They're purging uh, opposing voices on their platform daily uh, on a massive level. Um, they're, they're at it again, censoring speech they don't like. Uh, this time, it was a pastor's comments on the disgusting law in New York, the abortion law I spoke of earlier. Uh, so what, what about just criticizing the law itself is worthy of banning? Um, I, 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 I actually had it saved what he said, but I, I do remember, I can, I can tell you it was very mild. It wasn't saying, you know, abortion is death or, you know, whatever. It was just opposing it and he got banned. So Thank, thanks, Facebook, for your censorship. It exposes you for the frauds you are. Um, you know, at this point, they're just pure advocacy uh, and censorship. Um, they're, they're just a pure advocacy and censorship group or, or company. Uh, Facebook is uh, headquartered in a very left-leaning district of California, so I don't know what you would expect. I mean, what else would there be uh, happening at a company like that? You would expect them to be conservative? Of course they're not. They're super liberal. They're ultra liberal in that area. And I should also mention that my Twitter got censored not long ago. They removed 100% of my followers. They reset it back to zero, along with many people I was following. So even the people I was following, I had I was following probably you know 500 people, uh, and they were all conservative leaning because it was a political uh, Twitter handle, and you know 500 following, uh, it it got chopped down to 45 so they cut the number that i was following down to 45 and then reset my uh, followers to zero so i basically had a brand new twitter account because they just purged everything that was conservative um so this is what's happening in silicon valley they're up to no good and uh screw them so uh there is that um howard schultz sending some shock waves uh even uh, Starbucks are feeling the leftist scorn. Uh, so what what's happening there? Well, the New York po uh, New York Post reported today that Starbucks had to issue a series of guidelines to workers should they encounter unhappy customers. I mean, the types that are, you know, politically unhappy. Uh, so this week, uh, in a memo to baristas, including uh, instruction, or it included instructions to defuse the situation if customers share aggressive political opinions. Um, so here are just a few of the things they told people. They said, if a, if a customer attempts to investigate or share aggressive political opinions, attempt to defuse the situation by sharing this little talking point. The talking point says, we respect everybody's opinion. Our goal is simply to create a warm and welcoming space where we can all gather as a community over great coffee. 
So that's a nice little talking point. I just think it's funny that they had to tell all of their employees, um, you know, what to do if, if deranged leftists come into their office or into their, you know, workspace and, and start making demands. Um, so Schultz is a lifelong Democrat who was like a, a favorite among them until five minutes ago uh, when he said he would run for president because uh, they don't like that he's going to run as an independent. Well, he is moderate compared to a lot of the Dems. Um, so they do have a serious reason to worry about this guy. Um, Democrat lawmakers are to the left of the, de the Democrat constituency, kind of like how Republican lawmakers are to, to the left of Republicans. Both, you know, parties are to the left of their constituents. But in this case, you're going to have an independent who comes in there and disrupts quite a bit. Uh, and he's going to be kind of tag teaming with Trump in the, the debate circles down the home stretch, the presidency in 2020. And that ain't going to be a good look to someone who's trying to push universal health care, doubling your taxes and all kinds of insane policies. You know, they were hoping to have a clean run uh, just to, to anti-Trump pro-socialism, essentially. They didn't they wanted to take just a, an immediate hop from just going off from Trump to socialism. There's a lot of space in between those two. Uh, you know, most sane people would fall in between there and not, you know, not Harris and, uh, you know, a lot of the other Dems out there uh, for 2020. So there is that. Uh, quick note, the economy keeps getting uh, better. Uh, jobs, according to the National Federation of Independent Business, uh, the chief there, uh, William Dunkelberg, he reported to the Wall Street Journal that uh, the, the percentage of, of uh, business owners reporting that they increased employee compensation continued at a 45-year record high. 36% reported higher compensation in January, up one point from December, and one point below September's record high. 20% planned increases in the next few months, down four points, predicting further gains in wages and benefits. And he went on, he said that, job creation was solid in january with a net addition of 0.33 workers per firm including those uh, making no change in employment up from uh, 0.25 in december so a pretty big increase and uh that's some some good numbers so good signs for the the economy uh you know the the wages are increasing uh, funny note, in my opinion, at least, and sad, is in California, they're looking to combat homelessness, and they introduced a new bill uh, to permit any student in good standing at their community college to use their school's parking system as a place to sleep overnight as California struggles with a massive housing crisis. Uh, state law already requires the community colleges provide their homeless students with access to showers and bathrooms uh, facilities on campus. Now, while I don't disagree with the law, as I can empathize with, uh, you know, being a broke college student, this does speak to the massive failure of California Democrats with their housing crisis. They own this. This is their problem. They're the reason for all of the zoning and price controls that led to this mess and all of the taxes and nonsense that they uh, that they put on, on everybody that causes all these prices to skyrocket. Um Moving on, another section here I'd like to call the stupid headline of the day. So this article from rawstory.com, it, it, was, it was ridiculous. Uh, so it, it, here we go. I'll just, I'll just say it. Muslim congresswoman 
calls out GOP lawmakers' bigotry, and he predictably loses his marbles. So we're talking about a headline that's just all she is is Muslim congresswoman. Just Muslim congresswoman. You know, she she doesn't have a name. I mean, the name we're talking about is uh, Omar, the one up there in uh, Minnesota, I believe. But uh, then they went on to, to say in the article again, they, they reiterated how, you know, she's a Muslim congresswoman, Muslim female congressperson. Just the, the identity politics at, at work here, the way they word things is always ridiculous. And uh, the quote of the day, also, uh, I'll call it the headline of the day, just to balance this out with a stupid one. Um, let me pull it up here, see if I can find it. Uh, oh, it was uh, Ocasio in, in, on the New York Post. Ocasio uh, got a quote on there, not her speaking, but she got uh, called out on there. It said that it was so cold outside that even uh, AOC had her hands in her own pockets for a change or something along those lines. So uh, good work, New York Post. Um, maybe she can keep them in her pockets as long as it's cold outside. They won't be in your pockets. Uh, on that note, I think that's all uh, the time I have today. Thanks for tuning in to the Freedom Warrior podcast. Go ahead and uh, subscribe on on uh, iTunes if you can. I'd really appreciate it. Help uh, move it up the charts a little bit. And, uh, you know, thanks for your support. And... As always, enjoy your freedom.